0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. He was a man of peace living on a quiet farm in North Dakota. Till one day,
1: all hell broke loose. Tim, we need you. I'm a man of peace. I'm done killing. I want to raise a family. That's just it, Tim. They've got your family. No! Jack
0: Howitzer is Tim in Exploder. From the heart of America to the jungles
1: of Cambodia, follow one man's quest for peace. Ho Chi Bat, is that you? Tim, I know you come. Just like old days, we kill everybody. Tim, they've got your wife, but I'm not married. You are now to America. He
0: went in to save his country, but found his family and lost a friend. Ho Chi! Tim! me. You taught me baseball, Tim, and how a rough. No! He would have been a fine American. I'll cry when I'm done killing. Get yourself a body bag. Strap yourself in. Start making friends the American way. Exploder. Evacuator, part two. Rated PG.
1: May include patriotic garbage. Shut up and sit down. And sit down. Hello, everybody! I want to welcome you to episode 373 of Third Shift. Of course, I am one of your hosts, Mr. Eric, and with me today, as usual, is the inglorious bastard himself, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Mr. Matt. He's over there on the other mic, and we're bringing you a Rotten Tomatoes freaking episode today because I screwed the pooch, life happened, Unfortunately, it's going to be kind of weird because I got stuff I got to take care of. I'm sorry, folks. You know, sometimes this kind of thing happens, but I at least wanted to get the intro together with Matt because it'd just be strange. It's just strange when we don't do that part at the very, very least. So without further ado, Mr. Matt, hey, buddy, how you doing? How was the week, eh? Well,
0: it's been a good week because it was a not-too-much-going-on week. Uh, Over the weekend, I did go see a show at the Wharton Center called The Odyssey, which was about the odyssey but it had a framing device of it's being told and kind of performed by four migrant characters and like a they're like refugees and they're waiting to get processed and go to where they're going to go and so the retelling of the odyssey was really cool i i like that greek myths and all that stuff but i feel like they needed more of the overarching story sprinkled in but it was a lot of fun really well done funny moments serious moments good good times a good time overall that's all i had to go and do Because the only other things I had to do was play video games. And I played Spider-Man 2. And my God. I talked about it on What You Play in Third Shift. But Jesus, that game is insane. It's nuts how good that game is. I was just watching, because I streamed it. And I exported it to my YouTube channel last night. And I went, "Ah, you know, I'm just going to watch it and refresh my brain as to what happens. So the next time I can stream, I'm all freshed up. Man, watching those action sequences again. I was sweating again. Because it was so crazy and so nuts. I can't even describe it. You have to go watch it. And it's not a plug for the streams or a plug for the YouTube's, But just the, the craziness that happens in those cutscenes. It's so fast and frenetic. And stuff is just coming at them. And it's, you're dipping and dodging. And your adrenaline is spiking. Oh, it's so good. So good. The other game I've been playing, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Sharp F.E. Encore. Talked about that a lot on the watch plan as well, but the thing I forgot to mention, and I was thinking about it as I edited the watch plan last night, is because this is based around the Japanese entertainment industry. A lot of the characters are pop stars and pop idols, so a lot of the, like the main story is, oh, they're going to start and they're going to go over here and they're going to start filming. She's going to start working on a TV show now, okay. But at the end, after you do the dungeon and all the you know, the Persona type stuff, then you get to see the result of what they were originally doing, whether it was going to shoot a music video or a TV show. So after a lot of these things, and especially the side stories where two characters come together, going to do a a duet together, you know, a a musical performance, but then this happens and that happens. But at the end of all these things, you get to see a cool little music video or like a a little mini episode of a TV show. And it's so much fun because it's like watching an awesome anime opening or closing at the end of this little quest you did And I sit back and I go, yeah, this is awesome. I love this. It's so fun and so great. And the last one I just did with Ellie and Tsubasa, like the art style is totally different from any of the other ones. Oh, I love that. And I was just sitting back and like, oh, it's popping and colorful and like, it's it's all 2d art like the 3d models aren't in there at all and i'm like this is all brand new here too oh my god yeah and at the end i'm like yeah woo i'm like a little dork sitting here in my in my thing like yeah my friends who did this cool thing yay clap 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 hooray it's so fun but just thinking about it now it made me smile it made me get like excited to go back and see it again because now you can go back and watch the movie file of it now that you've unlocked it it's so great i love it i love that game it's so much fun and I think those are the only two I played. Maybe I played some Loop Hero. We played some Remnant 2, which (laughs) I'll leave to you to talk about some of that stuff. But that was my week. It was a good week of nothing, and I'm hurrying and I'm rushing to make sure Eric can get his weekend before somebody comes banging down the door and stomping down the stairs and saying, Eric, real life is here. I'm, I'm coming.
1: All these things are happening. You need to fix it. Ah! Well, I'll tell you real fast, all right? First off, you're right. We played Remnant, and oh, by golly, me and Matt, we love that game, but gosh, man, they they get you this big chunk of action, these bosses that are ridiculously cool and inventive and fun, and then they go, here's your story. And then you're just expected to sit for 20-minute increments, just talking and talking and talking and talking. And when you're having some beers and you want to have fun, it's like some part, you're, it's fine, just, it's fun and crazy and weird, but it gets to a point where you're like, okay, all right, enough's enough. Let's just go. And then, But then you feel bad because you're like, well, I want to know how the story goes and what the hell's happening. So it's just that weird feeling of us sitting there for this huge stretch of time going, and we both are like, well, I kind of just want to have another beer and play some more. But also we love stories, so I guess we're going to just keep picking choices and figuring things out.
0: Yeah, I don't want to. You, you hear me every time like, hey, do you want to hear about this? Yeah, we better yeah you're right we better we can't be those guys who skip all the story but like there was that one character of like, hey, here I am here's the intro to the area I can sell you stuff or you can ask me questions now uh, we can ask him questions but uh <laughs> yeah I don't think we're gonna I'm just gonna go see what's okay. over here and you just okay. followed me, and I went, <laughs> good. Thank God. Okay, phew. If we
1: made the call, I'm, I'll do it. It's fine. Whatever. She probably isn't that important anyway. It's all right. <laughs> so we did have a good time with that. Look forward to maybe getting to play this weekend as well. And then, of course, I played only two games. One, Sea of Stars. And you got to go listen to what you're playing in third shift if you want to get into the big deets and deets on it, because I I talked about it over there. Oh, and I'll tell you more about that later, folks. <laughs>
0: So regardless of what's going on with Eric, and I don't know if he's going to get a segment of the show to get to me, if he's not going to be able to do it, who knows? So I'm recording this just in case. This is the just-in-case segment, and I'm going to tell you, there's no way I could not talk about this game. And I've already talked about it a little bit, but I'm talking about it for real It's the release. It's RoboCop Rogue City, which dropped today, the 2nd of November, developed by Taon, published by Nacon. I've never heard of either of those two places the development studio or the publisher ever before in my life but this is out for playstation 5 pc and xbox series consoles and my god dead or alive you're coming with me on a ride through robocop if you love robocop you have to get this game now i i love robocop because i'm i'm an 80s and 90s kid so like i grew up not like grew up with robocop but you know what i'm saying everybody knows robocop everybody loves robocop but i'm not like the most die hard like watch it three times a year and sit and drink a beer and go, yeah, this is when movies were real movies and men were men and RoboCops were RoboCops. But when I watch footage of this game, I become that man. That's what I become. And I go, yeah, this is from when video games could be video games. And this is what all games need to be. Because I haven't watched any professional reviews. I haven't watched the IGN review, the Gaming Bolt review, the anybody else review. What came up on my YouTube was G-Man Lives, a channel called G-Man Lives. I had never heard of this channel before in my life. But it came up with a recommended video from this channel. And this video was titled, RoboCop Rogue City is Ridiculously Good. And I said, okay, random human, tell me why. And I watched this 31-minute and 50-second video, and I fell in love with this game. Because this game, you are RoboCop. After the events of RoboCop 2, before the events of the disastrous RoboCop 3... You are cleaning up the city. There's a new guy coming in town trying to wrangle up all the gangs you're going through, and you're shooting dudes, and you're blowing up levels, and you're just laying waste to bad dudes in the most epic ways possible. Imagine just being RoboCop and just going through blasting a whole drug warehouse full of goons. That's this game all the time, nonstop, not nonstop. Because as you go to a mission, when you're going to go blast up a drug warehouse full of dudes, on the side, you have side objectives. You can walk the streets. You can issue tickets to people. You can have engagements with NPCs where they go, oh, gosh, Robocop, you caught me spraying graffiti on the wall, but I swear to God, you know, it's the first time ever doing it. What do, you, what do you think? And you can actually choose to be a hard ass, to be a, not a soft ass, but, you know, to be soft on some of these people. And then you see them later and your decisions have had an effect, and they have an overall effect on the story because OCP is coming in to monitor your progress and all this stuff, and the media is all over you because you're RoboCop. So the public is having a different vision of you based on your actions. I was not expecting any kind of RPG kind of elements, any kind of storyline diversions, anything. I thought this was just going to be one of those, you know, a boomer shooter as they call them, but without fast speed because you're RoboCop. I was expecting it to just be action level. Boom, 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 crash, crash, boom, boom, boom. Next action level, ding, 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 ding. But there's a story, and there's character interactions. And granted, even from the G-Man Lives review, where he absolutely loved the game, he says, you know, some of the graphics for the NPCs especially, they're really hit or miss. Some of the acting performances for those NPCs, they're also really hit or miss. The facial animations, they're not going to draw you in at all. They look pretty bad. But if you want to be Robocop and live in Robocop world and have an 80s Robocop time and encounter tons of Robocop Easter eggs, when you got to go find a stolen car, yes, it's the 6000 SUX. When you do this, it's yes, it's that. You can find where Alex Murphy was killed. You can find that crime scene, one of the first levels you go through. It's the construction site from the ending of Robocop 1. You can find, you know, the big box truck that Clarence Boddicker was driving, that kind of stuff. It's all over this game. You can have all these, you're using, you know, RoboCop's hand cannon, whatever they call it. See, I'm not that big of a RoboCop nerd, but you're using that gun. So not only are you having action times, are you having somewhat RPG times, you got a skill tree also that's upgrading all your abilities. You can upgrade that hand cannon to be good at you know one, one shot, one kill. You can do the semi-auto, which it is. You can make it full auto. You can do this, 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 this. You can upgrade your skills over here. You get flashbangs. You get melee. You can grab people as human shields and then chuck them at other dudes and everybody just explodes in blood and everywhere. If you like over-the-top stuff, if you want some RoboCop, this is the RoboCop game you need to play is it going to be perfect? No. Is it going to be the most masterclass game in the world? No. Is it even a AAA game? No. This is a AA developer. But if you want faithful, like honest RoboCop action, when you watch it and you go that's RoboCop. This is it. All the other games RoboCop has had over the years, you know, the movies, the TV series, the, the bad ones, ignore all that. This is the RoboCop that you need. If you love RoboCop, you're going to get you're going to want to play this. You're going to want to get it. If you're like me and just something about that shooting and the the, the the viscerality, the visceralness of this game, it speaks to me. And I think it would speak to a lot of players out there, too. So everybody's got to go check it out. And I will say here, I'm going to call myself on the carpet for this one. When I mentioned it before, I went, hey, whoever's doing the voice, don't do a Peter Weller impression. You just can't do it right. Uh, hey, Matt, you're an idiot. It is Peter Weller being Robocop. But there's something, there's something different about it. Obviously, you know, it's 40 years later. He's an older guy. His voice is different. But I think it's like the audio processing of it. It doesn't have the deep robotic rumble behind it. Maybe that's why I couldn't notice it as well. And the scripting too. There's kind of, even in that just that G-Man Lives video that I watched. And I don't mean to just keep plugging him. But he sold me on the game by showing me the game that I needed to see. So that's why I keep bringing it up. You know, I'm not saying IGN would do a bad review or GameSpot or whoever, but this is the kind of review I needed to see of this game. And so that's why I keep bringing it up. But in that footage that I've seen, you know, RoboCop has a lot of, he's a lot more talkative. He has more kind of some cutesy lines in certain scenarios, in certain clips that I saw. So maybe that's how I couldn't, there was a disconnect for me between traditional RoboCop and the new-ish kind of RoboCop That is presented here, and then, like I said, maybe the audio processing a little bit too. But Peter Weller is in this game. It is him. It is Robocop. There's nobody doing a Robocop impression, so my bad on that one. But God, God bless, God bless America. If you love America, you need to be playing Robocop Rogue City. Because if, I I can't say it anymore. If you love anything about Robocop, you're going to want to get in on this game. Especially if you love the original. Like, the Robocop that's so brutal that it is funny... This is that in spades. you got to check it out. I'm going to check it out, even though there's too many games to play right now. RoboCop Rogue City. It's amazing. What can I say? That's it. I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of a good RoboCop quote. Can you fly, Bobby? Well, then you need to fly down to Best Buy or GameStop or Amazon and get yourself some RoboCop Rogue City. How about that? That's a good way to close it. I got it. I did it. I'm great. (laughs) So like I said, I don't know if Eric's coming back I don't know if he's alive even right now. He might be dead. He might have been called away so that he could be hit with a shovel and buried in the backyard. But what he was going to talk about was this past week or this week is BlizzCon. That's what he was going to talk about. Uh, You know, the biggest conglomeration, Activision Blizzard and Blizz and Con and all the things. When he said that, I went, I'm not interested in that. How could anybody be? Ha ha ha. And he went, May I come up with your own topic then. And I said, I will. And I'll bring up a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, except I don't know much about it. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about an event called Indie Land. Now, this is an event that happens every single year. I believe it happens exclusively on Twitch. And it's brought to you by The Completionist. He does this every single year, and I believe it's also a fundraiser. So he brings together a bunch of indie devs. They bring their games. They play them on stream. They answer questions. They do all kinds of stuff. And it's also a donation for dementia research because his mother was affected with dementia so it's a big long kind of charity live stream and indie-tastic event and every year this is on me i miss it i hear about it like two weeks before and i go all right this is the year i'm gonna catch it and i never do never ever there's always something going on even though this last weekend which is when it was the 27th through the 29th i only had one thing going on somehow i missed it again completely missed it but thanks to Gerard and his team and whoever does it, there's an Land channel on YouTube that has developer spotlights where they show like a little trailer from the games and then the developers get to talk about it. So I'm going to single out some games here. They're in alphabetical order, so I don't know if that's how they run through on the Twitch streams or not. But starting from the top, we got Arco, which is a revenge Western with turn-based action combat. And that means like you plan out your move and then for five seconds the characters move in the way that you planned that The enemy moves at the same time. If you remember, ah, there was a, there was another strategic kind of top down, like door kickers type of a game that had this kind of thing where you'd, you'd make your plan. And then for five seconds, it would play out and then it would freeze again. And you could act, you could plan another action. This looks like that. But in this beautiful, great pixel art art style, one of the developers, I think the artist who is in this developer spotlight says he loves the the idea of small characters. So you can use like six pixels and, and draw a sheep and everyone goes, yeah, that's a sheep. But you contrast that with these huge wide open landscapes, like think traditional Western movies, the giant Technicolor 166 millimeter film or whatever, those kind of big landscapes and the small characters. That's what this game has in spades. And they mentioned in this developer spotlight, it's Live a style. Each scenario you play, you're going to have a different character with a different storyline and a scenario that he is going through. And at the end, they all meet up together to do something. This one, I'm glad I watched this one first because this one just like kicked, kicked eight bricks. And I was like, this is so good. And it got me so hyped. And I'm excited for this one. So Arco, A-R-C-O, go check out that Indie Land YouTube channel. Check out the Developer Spotlight. Just watch this game. It looks so good. And Speaking of looking good, the very next game with a similar name, it's Arto, A-R-T-O. This is an isometric action game where you spread color through a monochrome world. And there's different art styles and different biomes. Like, just in the trailer alone, you get to see, like, an outrun world where you're going through, like, a retro wave-inspired world. There's stuff that looks like straight-up comics and comic pop art styles. There's so many just cool different colors and popping and everything is just that whole trailer got me so excited. Now, the developers talking about it afterwards, he does mention something towards the end that I would I would say avoid. I'm not going to say here, but he says there's a there's kind of a twist to what you're doing and what's going on. But. Just watch this, even just for the art style. But even so, the action itself looks good. Just the the idea that you're encountering different art styles in different biomes, it makes me think of Into Slash Across the Spider Verse when he's going into different worlds and each world has a completely different art style. That's what this makes me think of, and it just looks colorful and splashing and busting and all the most fun. It looks like like I say so many times, like nothing else. A R T O, go check it out. Next up on the list, Born of Bread. This is another game that looks very unique because it's a cartoony RPG in a Paper Mario style where you have a 3d world and these 2d characters that look straight out of a cartoon, just straight out of a cartoon and plopped into this 3d world. And since you're playing as you know, born of bread, you're like a a bread boy, but they keep saying that in the developer interview, but it's not like you're a loaf of bread. I think it's like you're a, a dough ball kind of a character because they show areas where you can go and stand under these, you know, smasher things and they smash you down flat and you can kind of float over air drafts and, you know, squeeze through little spots. They say there's tons of different ways that you as bread can interact with these levels and these stages. And they said they they really want to go for that humorous Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door style of RPG This looks like a ton of fun. They show off some clips of the action, but they didn't go into super details, but they talked about having their own kind of badge system, that kind of stuff. Really unique, really cool. It's hard to describe when things look fun. Oh, it looks fun, but this looks like an appealing cartoon. But just check it out, Born of Bread. Next up, it's Despilote, which is a game I don't really know anything about the story of. I don't know how it's going to play, really. But this is the game I've seen before, and it didn't look quite like this. This is a game about kids and soccer in like 2000s Ecuador when Ecuador hosted the World Cup or qualified for the World Cup or something like that. And you're running around as, as a kid in the town of Quito, the capital, and you're interacting with all these other kids and all these, you know, people on the street and animals and all these things. But the things you interact with and the people you interact with, they're monochrome people, like hand-drawn sprites of, you know, a, a kid, a cat, a ball, or this or that. But all the backgrounds are like photorealistic backgrounds, but with this crazy, like, Photoshop filter over the top of them. And I know it hasn't looked like this before. I think maybe the backgrounds used to be untextured and, like, sepia-toned, but now they're, like... It's, like, sprayed with this purpley texture. It looks so weird, but it looks so unique because the characters themselves are these... It's almost Paper Mario style, but it looks like you drew these characters with pencil on a paper and kind of cut it out and then put them in front of pictures of the real world, because I I guarantee that's what this is. Photorealistic pictures that then they threw into a program to make them 3D because they move as you move around. It's not a static background, but it looks so real and then so not real. The dichotomy there, the contrast between those two, it's exciting and it's cool and it's visually entertaining. And when I saw this, I went, wow, it looks different. But it looks just as engaging as I thought it would be. Again, I don't know what the story is. I don't know what's going on. But in the video, your characters, you can find a soccer ball. You can kind of steal it from somebody else who's playing soccer. He'll chase you around. You can pick up and play with cats. You can find, you know, just beer bottles in the street and kick them around. You see the soccer ball is deflated at one point. So maybe if you break a bottle and kick the soccer ball over it, it does that. I don't know if it's just like an open world, like little run around the city type of a thing. Or if there's an actual story. But again, just like most of these other things, it looks so unique. And I'm excited for it in that aspect. And another game I'm excited for, because it's from a, a really unique development team, is Fishbowl City Racebots, which is by a Chilean dev team. I think there's two women and then two men. And it's kind of street racing and then walking around through this town, like in adventure style mode, in what one of them calls a world made of trash. It's this beautiful pixel art, but it's that kind of, how can I describe it, like elongated, kind of stringy pixel art. And the world that you're in, even though the pixel art is beautiful, it's a kind of a rundown city. And I think one of the devs said in the interview, you know, we kind of try to think of what Santiago, the capital of Chile, would look like in like 500 years, just going the way that it's going right now. There are a couple shots in the trailer of kind of looking like favelas or like, where the where the houses are made out of old shipping containers and stuff like that. But then your character, as you're trying to live with your family and you kinda of survive in the city, then you get these race bots and you do these like street races. And I can't tell if these are RC cars essentially, or if they're a full-on car that she's built and you're having this 3D drive in action. But again, very visually unique, very visually entertaining and just coming from a completely different type of development team from a different part of the world than I've ever heard any other games come from. Visually interesting. I want to know what's going on in this world. Check out Fishbowl City Racebots. Let's see, what else do we have in the list? There's only a couple more. Oh, we got to see another vision, a little developer spotlight on Hellskate, which is the, it's not the skating game where you're a demon made of glass and pain. You are a demon in this one, but it's kind of Hades style where you're you're a skateboarding demon and it's a roguelike. So you go out into these levels and you have attacks you can do. You've got like a hammer and, and some other weapons, but to charge up those attacks, to do more damage, you have to do tricks. So you're doing Tony Hawk stuff to then fight enemies in that stage, to then progress through that stage, to then get further abilities to bring back with you, to upgrade yourself, to upgrade your skate deck with stickers that affect your abilities it just looks like a ton of fun. Again, just like everything on here, super visually stylish. It's a roguelike. It looks like it it looks like it has that right Hades feel for me. So I'm definitely excited to see more of this. I can't remember if this actually got a, a like a quarterly release date like Q1 of 2024 or anything. I'll have to go back and watch it again. Just like I advise you to go watch the developer spotlight on Hellscape. Next up, the second to last one I'll talk about is a game called Mirthwood. And this is not my kind of game. Like They start out, it shows, you wash up on a pier, you design your character, and then you go into the wood. And you craft things, and you gather things, and you build things, and then you start crafting weapons, and you go on quests, and you meet different people, and you interact with them. And I couldn't think of how to describe this game, but something about it started to hook me. I got interested in it. And then they started talking to the dev after the trailer showed up in that developer spotlight. And there's two games that he mentioned as influences. And there are two games that, one, I played and I loved it, and two, that I've always wanted to play. And he says, we kind of were going for something cozy like a Harvest Moon, where if you wanted to just tend your crops and build things and interact and socialize in a town, you can do that. And I went, man, Harvest Moon, love that first one. I love Harvest Moon. And he said, but we also kind of wanted to give it a fable type of a feel. So as you're going around, you can do quests, you can do these things, or you can interact with the townsfolk. You can build houses, you can buy houses, you can do all that fable stuff, which you all know, it's always interested me. I've never really played a fable game, but combining two of those things together. And again, graphically, it doesn't look like any of those. It looks kind of almost like maybe pentiment, like a kind of a papercraft style, like the way that characters are animated. I don't know, but something, something, everything about this game is interesting to me. I'm not usually this kind of a game player, but Mirthwood had some interest, had some promise checking out. And then, oh boy, oh boy, this wasn't the last one I saw, but it's the last one I'll talk about. It's Pepper Grinder. Now, I've been on the Pepper Grinder train ever since I saw Devolver Digital tweet out about it. However long ago, years ago at this point, I don't have any idea. This is the game where you are... It's pixel art art style. You're a redhead girl who has this giant like drill, like hand crank drill. Think of, if you've ever watched Gordon Lagon, think of what Simone used to drill in his town. It's that. But you're going through and drilling through the dirt and drilling through the world in this fast moving, really fluid style. And the trailers that are showing things get crazy. You're like diving out of the dirt here to sink up up here and swing around and There's no way for me to describe it accurately. I know I've talked about it at least two or three times on the podcast before, but the developer talked about it perfectly. He said, what I I was thinking of when I was designing this game or just thinking about how to talk about it, it's like Dig Dug, you're grinding in the dirt and digging through the dirt, but mixed with the freedom and the flowing movement and the exploration of Echo the Dolphin. And I said, that's perfect. You, sir, who are the creator of this... You're a genius because that's exactly the kind of motion that I think of when I see this game in action. That's the only way I can describe it to you. The way that Echo swoops and uh, you know shoots out of the water and does a flip and dodges back in. That's what you can do in and out of these dirt segments in Pepper Grinder. So if you have heard me talk about it a million times and talk about the fluid motion and the crazy action in this game and have never gone to see a trailer cuz you just want to hear me tell you what it's like that's what it's like it's like if you are dig dug digging around in the dirt and fighting enemies and having encounters but every time you can't come out of the dirt you're swooping as a dolphin and going between dirt sections it's so crazy it looks so good it got me so much more excited for it i think this one is maybe a q1 2024 It's got to be. It has to almost be out and in my hands. It's Pepper Grinder. There are a couple other games so far that have uploaded to that Indie Land channel. Definitely check out that channel. Check out every single one of the games. Like I said, you get a nice big trailer for the game, and then you get to hear from the developers their thoughts behind the game and why they wanted to make a game like this their inspirations, all kinds of stuff like that. If you're into indie games at all, definitely check out the Indie Land channel. Check out the Indie Land event like I always forget to do because you get to see these games in action. Like I think Gerard and his team play these games too, sometimes with the devs or they hang out with the devs while the devs play the game. But put that on your radar. Put that on your calendar like I always forget to do. And remember that Indie Land exists. Go watch the games that were shown off in this one and have a great time. And now again... I have no idea if Eric is alive or dead. I don't know if he's going to drop anything else in the show, but for for me and possibly for us, that's it. That's all. That's all we got.
1: Well, I'm back, everybody. Hopefully all is well with all of you. Sorry for the whole craziness, but life happens, right? What do you do? Now, where was I? Hmm. I think I was talking about Sea of Stars. And to be more detailed, I'm telling you to go to the "What You're Playing" third shift where I will give all the deets on it. Here, I'll just say I have actually beat the game, so I can maybe put it down and move on. Will I? I don't know. We'll find out. But very excited that I at least got it under the under the belt, as they say. And then, of course, start playing Alan Wake Two. Now, let me tell you, Alan Wake 2, what a fantastic game. This is another one I talked about on What you Playing Third Shift, so I'm not going to go into super detail, but I will let you know that the beginning of this game is weird and insane and crazy. The old man is just phenomenal, and everything that happens is crazy and cool, and then how it all starts to tie in with Saga and Alan Wake, and how it all comes together, and the environment you're in, of course, that entire town is just crazy and unsettling and just the slightest way, and there's so many callbacks and uh, look-sees for Alan Wake, the original, for Control. The whole world is just meshed so well together, and I am enjoying every second of it. I can't wait to dig in all the time. I'm like, ooh, maybe I can get a half hour in. So that, that groove is back. That vibe is back. Very happy to be uh, inside of a game, having a good time like that. And I hope that this game is a manageable game because, of course, As you all know, we've got a million other games coming right around the horizon, plus seven, eight games that I want to get back to. And let me tell you, that dang PlayStation screen, bar, whatever you want to call it, is just heartbreaking because I'm watching games I wanted to play just dropping off the bar. Not only dropping off the bar, but I'm having to delete games because I don't have the space. I am on the cusp. I swore I would never buy another one of those external freaking drives in any way, shape, or capacity because that's what corrupted my original playstation 4 but it's getting to the point where i just can't manage with the space i currently have i have to have more of these games are coming out with 8400 something freaking gigabytes it's too much to not have that extra space but that's a tell for another time those are the only two games i really played besides the remnant with the one night with matt as we already discussed and in the real life oh uh, not too much has been going on uh, just some you know sick family etc like that uh, hopefully everybody gets well and everybody gets better because we're going to be going to the TORG Gaming Convention next weekend down in Ohio. So if you're out that way and you want to see me, just holler. I'll be there. I'll come up. We can just shoot the schnips, have a good time. I can't wait. It'll be, it'll be the first actual just gaming convention I've ever been to. You know We've done some of the anime cons and whatnot, but this will be the first game in one. Can't wait to do it. And, of course, talk about it all on the show. I don't even know if Matt got tickets to do this or not. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I'll be there for sure. So, once again, if you're there, hey, holler at me. We can talk. Have a great time. All right? And that's pretty much it for the week. Now, if you want to talk about a gaming release this week, let me tell you about another game besides Persona Tactica that I uh, will be playing for sure. And that is Star Ocean the Second Story R available now on everything all the systems everywhere you want to get it it's there developed of course by Square Enix this is an old 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 game from way back the PS1 days and I've discussed this on the show before I never personally played through this game I watched my buddy Shay play this game and I loved it it was such a good time so much fun that game just just watching I had I had a good time so I saw it can't even imagine all these fans who love this series and love, you know, in particular this title, because this is considered like the best, how they felt playing it. Well, I got a taste of it because the demo came out and I talked to you all about that demo and it was fantastic. It was utterly the bomb diggity and I was hooked, couldn't wait. Sure enough, it's here. I will be getting this. It's not even a question. Of course, playing it. That's another matter. I'm hoping to get to it here. I don't know if I can maybe manage Persona and Second Story. But enough about that. If you don't know, it's an old school RPG from way back when. Square Enix has remade the entire thing. Upgraded it all. It looks absolutely gorgeous. They redid all the music. So it's the same music, but it's been updated by the uh, original composer and everything. And it's just, it just hits. It feels so good. It feels gives you all the vibes of that old school RPG but it just sounds absolutely wonderful especially if you got some nice speakers headsets whatever and of course you get to play as one of two characters you know and I love that because it slightly changes from you to your friends depending on who you are and in this it's particularly cool because you got two characters Claude and Reyna. Claude is a spacefaring individual from an advanced technological you know race and of course, stuff goes down, crash lands on this planet, and then the other character, Reina, you come in contact with, it's all about magic and, and medieval sorcery and all that good stuff. So you get this sci-fi element coming into contact with this planet who has not advanced, obviously, beyond magic and sorcery and whatnot in this, you know, medieval type world. So he's trying to play it cool and not let on, you know, to the fact that, well, there's other races and species out in the multiverse and You know, they're traveling through space and time and all sorts of cool stuff while she's stuck down here on this planet, not knowing any of that. And of course, if you play as him, you're in on it and you already know, and you're trying to, as you help her, uncover ways for you to get back to where you need to be. And if you play her, she's getting snippets and clues that, you know, something's off, but because of a prophecy, she believes you to be somebody, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. I don't know. I like I said, you know, we got to find out together. But it's just a whole different perspective. Not to mention, of course, when you're playing through the battles, they have two different play styles, so that's that's fun in and of itself. And of course, there are character moments with each other, you know, different folks that you'll get different reactions depending on whether you're Claude Arena. Really cool, really fun. The combat is the, the tale's variety, so it's action, you know, you're in there, you're actually just running around doing the attacks, trying to get backstab them and then of course, controlling the other characters and, and letting them do what what you want them to do, basically. It's, it's, it's simple, but it's fun, it's frenetic, and of course, it's rewarding when you can pull off combos and you're getting the upgrades to your weaponry and you're seeing those big numbers hit. All of it is just great. I'm telling you right now, if you're an old-school RPG fan, you can't miss out on this title. I highly recommend, as I did already... You go check out the demo at the very, very least. They give you a considerable amount of time to play and have a great time. And I think it's two hours or something like that. So it's, it's kind of a strange one because it's just you play and, and then it ends when you uh reach that time limit. So I've seen people get way far than I did, but it lasts, it doesn't matter. I got the gist of it, and it, the gist of it is it's gonna be a fantastic game. And I want you to pick it up. Go pick it up. So yeah, there it is. Star Ocean, uh, the second story R, is out right now, anywhere you want to get it. Go grab it up, because I will, and I will be talking about it. And by golly, I'm probably going to just spoiler this one all to hell. So you know what? You better buy it, and you better play it, and beat it before I do, so I don't ruin it for you. So with the night being strange as it is, I'm not going to be jumping uh, onto too many things. But one thing I did want to bring up that's driving me absolutely crazy... And i got to go and research this. Admittedly, I'm an an idiot, and I did not. But I heard about it, and so I thought I'd mention to everybody else who was possibly interested in the PlayStation portal, as I am, as Matt is. It comes out, I think it's November 15th, and it'll be coming to my house. And I'm very excited about that. But, of course, we already talked about this. They don't support regular Bluetooth. You have to use this new advanced technology that PlayStation is using to try to minimize the... uh, Uh, the delay on sound or something like that, whatever, I don't care. It's above and beyond my knowledge and comprehension. The only thing I cared about was the fact that I need something to hear this thing besides just having it through the external speakers or whatever it is so it's not annoying uh, the wife while she's watching her shows. And I thought, well, okay, that's fine, because they announced that they're coming out with two new headsets. One is your standard, like, Pulse Advanced headset headset, that's going to be compatible with the new PlayStation Portal, and then of course a little um, earbud set that's going to be compatible with the PlayStation Portal. I'm like, all right, cool, problem solved. I'll just get the uh, the headset. I need a new headset anyway, in general, because I'm limping around taking one from both upstairs and downstairs. It's a whole thing. I said this will work. I'll wait. I'll just get that. It'll be compatible. We won't have to worry about it. Well, lo and behold, come to find out. They're not actually releasing at the same time. So the now this is and this is the crazy part too. the Pulse Explorer earbuds are going to be launching December 6th, 2023. Now, those are the more expensive ones. Those are the ones I was not going to get because I can't justify another two hundred dollar tag. So coming up to a total of four hundred dollars for this thing to play. Whereas the wireless, Sony's wireless headset, uh, the actual headset portion, you know, the Pulse, whatever they call it, comes out February 21st, 2024. What's this mean? Am I like waiting till February 21st at this point to be able to listen to what I'm playing without having it just blaring all over the place in the room I'm in? Because if so, that totally screws me. Even waiting till December 6th if I have to sucks that's a whole nother freaking three weeks so this was terrible bad news and i said you know what there's got to be there's got to be just a, a regular plug that you can plug in other headphones to this thing there's no way that this is your only two options and i was like you know what? i gotta research this i gotta look it up but here we are we're on the show i did not get to it as i said life's things happen sorry it's just the way it is But if you do know, if I am wrong, or I'm not wrong because I don't know, but if you know that there is a way just to put in some regular old headphones onto this bad boy, please let me know. Otherwise, I'll just do the research and find out myself. But if you know, I want to know because it does suck if you have to wait for December 6th or February 21st for the other two headsets that are for sure compatible with the new PlayStation Portal. But I wanted to bring it up here in case there's any other peeps like me and Matt who are excited about this. And I uh, wanted to give you the heads up on that news, if you hadn't heard it yet. Now, I was going to talk to you about BlizzCon. I told Matt, I said, Matt, it's BlizzCon. We're gonna, I'm going to talk about BlizzCon. And he said, boo, I hate Blizzard. I don't care about any of their stupid titles. And I went, I understand. Cool beans. Well, you're fine, Matt, because I'm an idiot. I thought BlizzCon was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It is actually Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, oops, I screwed up whoop de doo oh well, now I just get to be excited. So tomorrow, or today as you're listening to this, whatever, BlizzCon is actually happening, where they're going to talk about World of Warcraft for sure, they got some Diablo 4 news, maybe some upcoming news on some of the titles they were talking about, that survival game they were doing or whatever. I don't know, but I am stoked, because I know for sure they're talking about a World of Warcraft expansion, and as I told you, I don't play World of Warcraft too much anymore, but I do always get into the expansions, and get in there, do the whole storyline, get all the way through it to the very end, do some dungeons, do the raid a couple times in you know LFR and pop out. And I'll always do that. I'll always love that. And of course, as I've told you before, my retirement plan is someday is to get all the way back into an MMO and just go nuts and have a guild and, and just talk and have fun with all these people until the day I die. That's the plan. That's the goal. And we're for sure going to be seeing some stuff on the next WoW expansion. So you already got me happy and excited. And I'm hoping that Diablo 4 talks about more than just like the next season. Actually goes into detail about a DLC where, you know, maybe we're going to get a new uh, playable character. And some new environments. All that good stuff. I got my fingers crossed for it. And a a daydream is something to do with... or I would love them to, I don't know, overhaul Overwatch somehow... Bring it back to life, because I feel like that game's dying. I feel like it's going under, and that's a shame, because we did have such a good time with Overwatch 1. Overwatch 2 really just bungled the whole thing. I don't know what the vibe is or how it changed and what happened, but it just doesn't have that same oomph that the OG had. So I hope maybe they've got some plans to fix it, change it, do whatever. I don't know. We're going to find out, though, in the next couple days, and that's exciting to me at the very least, so I can't wait to see it. I hope to talk about it next week. Hope there's all sorts of great news that gets me excited. But until then, just letting you know if you're excited about Blizzard stuff, make sure you're paying attention this weekend. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you get to watch like all the big events for free this year. And you don't have to pay on some of the big key events. I know usually you got to pay for online tickets and stuff like this. So look into that. You may be able to just see some stuff happening cool, fast, new, brand new, live as it happens. And that would be great. And of course... Last but not least, it's a joke, man, you know, but I got to say it, Fortnite Chapter 4 Season 5 is going back. It's going back to the roots, folks. The rumor is it's going back to Chapter 1, the original OG season. It's time. Me and Matt got to get back into Fortnite. This is where we grew up. We grew up in OG Fortnite, right? This is our thing, man. Come on, Matt. Telling you, you got to do it. We got to get back in there. It's going to be a great time. Me and you just hiding in a house, waiting and being like the last ones left just because we did nothing but just talk and drink beers and hide. You know, we got to recreate a couple of those stories in that OG map. That's just the way it has to be. Go fuck yourself. If you are playing Fortnite to this day and having a great time, cool for you. I hope you're excited about this. I for sure, like I said, think it would be fun for us to do that. However, we'll probably just get smoked because we haven't played in many, 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 many years, and we were never really good at it to begin with. Hence why we hid in houses until we were some of the last ones left and uh, just drank beers and talked. But there you are. That's a few little flickets and nickets and nippets of the news of this week. It's a little short, but you know what? That's what we got. So you guys take care out there next week. We'll be back at it like a bad habit.
0: <laughs> so what about you out there? in podcast Listerland did you watch those Indyland things did we completely miss something is a bunch of cool stuff going on at BlizzCon that I don't even know about that Eric was going to talk about or did talk about or is going to talk about in the future I have no idea what's going to happen I'm telling you it's a mystery episode so you out there in podcast land, hit me up with answers to any of those questions anything else you want to talk about any questions, comments, concerns, if you just want to say hi, if you want to say the show is awesome, if you want to say the new microphone sucks and it sounds terrible, I mean, don't say that to me. I feel bad enough already. I'm paranoid about how the recording's going to sound. But you can hit us up. via the email, thirdshiftme, gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Hit up the Discord, the Patreon. Hit me up on Twitch if you see me live streaming. Hit up, you know what? YouTube.com slash DocFunky. That's where you can find the archives of my streams. Come check me out there. And if Eric's dead or alive, I don't know, he'll say hit up the Patreon because we treat it like a tip jar. If you think if you thought we would see, this is why this is why I don't do it. This is why Eric does it.
1: Hey, if you want to help us out, please head on over to that wonderful little Patreon where you can donate one dollar, two dollars, three dollars, five dollars, any kind of dollars, because it helps us out, keeps the lights on, keeps us running. And of course, we appreciate the old holy hell out of you for doing that. If you cannot, because you're like, hey, man, money's tight, we understand. You can support us with five-star iTunes. Five-star iTunes. Yeah, That sounds right. That is right. Five stars on the old Spotify. You can mailbag question, mailbag suggestion, mailbag anything. Doesn't matter. You can go over to the wonderful old Discord, join up, talk, have a good time, hang out, ask questions. It doesn't matter. Just interact and have some fun. We appreciate it. We have fun with it. We love hearing from all of you. So we'll make that a thing that you do for us. It's greatly appreciated.
0: Hit us up in any other kind of way. A thumbs up, a subscription, a like, a rating, a review on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, on YouTube, on Facebook, anywhere. I'm combining his stuff and my stuff because that's where you can find the very next episode, which we'll be dropping on around the 9th of November. And as I always say, hey. If you like what we're doing, like to help us out, please give us a like, rating, view, a comment, and a subscription. I said that already. Any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it.
1: And remember to support us with that five-star rating on the iTunes, folks. I'm telling you, five stars helps us out so significantly you can't even imagine. You just cannot fathom it. I'm promising you. Go ahead and go do that. Do it any
0: kind of way. Do any kind of thing. That until that kind of thing is done, there's nothing else to say. But,
1: Uh, (sighs) (inaudible) don't don't, don't Don't forget forget to say. Shut up and And sit sit
0: down.
1: down.